Planet Parsons Show 231 on the 29th of June 2014. Prepare your body and mind for a bumpy ride as we break new boundaries and go where no man or woman has been allowed before. We go beyond the final frontier into the light and dark corners of Planet Hello, how are you? I hope the sun's shining on you this morning. Uh, I know this is a daily-ish podcast. Actually, it's been a weekly one just because the last couple of weeks have been really, really busy. Last time um, we made some uh, connection was the 21st of June. It's now the 29th. And actually, there's been a little bit of rain this week, but not much. Um, And I hope you haven't got a pink nose because of it all, or even a bright red nose. (laughs) Can I say, before I start, it's always lovely to hear from you uh, by email and by tweet at lynnparsonsuk to tweet and to email lynn at lynnparsons.net. Ali the Cake Doctor sent me a fantastic photograph of her son dressed up for his prom, so thanks for sharing that. And uh, Lance and Donna in New Zealand, thank you for your most recent email. Uh, It is Wimbledon fortnight. There's still the World Cup going on. uh, And we did watch Brazil in our house last night. Well, Brazil and Chile. And that was a tough one. It's really, really difficult, isn't it? When there's been an exceptionally close match and then it has to be decided uh, on penalties. I mean, you could argue until you're blue in the face that it really should be that they just play until someone scores. But um, probably isn't going to happen. Or they'll all be laying on the pitch with their legs in the air with cramp. So Brazil through to the next round of the World Cup. Uh, And there were others as well, but that was just what I saw last night. Uh, This week, I've had a birthday. And um, the really exciting news for me about that was that I got tickets for Wimbledon. And I really love the tennis and I love Wimbledon. used to go as a little girl. And my dad used to work for the Wimbledon News, which meant that he would get... No, he didn't get centre court tickets. But in those days, and we're talking about quite a few years ago, I'm afraid... um, I used to get a ground ticket, so I'd go every year uh, with my brothers. And I think the ground ticket then was £6, and it just meant you wandered about and then got onto a a court when there was a seat. It's slightly different now. Uh, But generally, we apply for our tickets through the public ballot, and you do that in October. I'll remind you on the podcast anyway. Uh, But in October, what you do is send a stamped addressed envelope to Wimbledon. They'll then send you a form. You fill it out. You have to be really precise. It's one of those that has to be done in capital letters and with black ink. And if you make a mistake, it's null and void. But anyway, you post it off. And then, fingers crossed, end of February, beginning of March, the following year, you get a note saying, you can't say when you're going. Um, You just get offered tickets or don't get offered tickets. But generally, you will get offered tickets Um, And they're not a bad price at all. I mean, really not a bad price for a whole day's tennis. And nowadays with the um, lid on centre court, if it rains, you do get a full day's tennis. Anyway, I won't go on about it. What I will say is the fun is at the village. So if you go up to Wimbledon Village, not only do all the tennis players wander along and have a coffee in the coffee shop and they're not bothered by anyone. I mean, you don't go up and ask them for their autograph or anything whilst they're they're out and about relaxing. Uh, bumped into Boris Becker this week, who said good morning, which I thought was very lovely. Um, Sharapova has opened a sugar pova shop, and I don't know whether that's just for the time of the championships, uh, full of her sugar pova candy. Really good for your teeth. <laughs> I did take a picture and tweet it earlier on in the week. And most of the shops at Wimbledon Village have got on board. So there's some form of display that reflects and embraces the tennis. And the one that impressed me most, I think, was the osteopath. 
and the osteopath's got a skeleton that's in a a running pose holding a tennis racket in one hand and a ball in the other uh, which I also tweeted and um, if you go on to Twitter you'll be able to kind of go back and look at that um, if you want to um, so beautiful day the thing that I was most surprised about with these tickets was they came through the public ballot um, and generally anyone that belongs to a tennis club gets the exceptional tickets and by that I mean closest to the court uh, but it doesn't matter because the courts are so good. Even the tickets at the back are uh, angled so that you can see all the action. These tickets were two rows from the front on centre court and um, and no more expensive than the tickets elsewhere. I mean, it's just fantastic. Really fantastic. Extremely hot. Saw some great tennis. Uh, and I won't go into all the names in case perhaps you aren't a tennis fan. Um there were some other things I did this week that I wanted to share with you as well. And please feel free to email and tweet and share with me what you've been up to. Um, so I saw a television programme quite by chance. You know, you're sitting on the sofa, the telly's on, you don't get up and turn it off. It was on BBC Four. And now I'm going to have... I'm, uh, I can't remember the name of the show, which is not going to help you much, is it? I'll remind you on the next podcast. But it was about the relationship between time and length. Don't yawn. Pay attention at the front. It was fantastic. It started with the sundials uh, in Egypt and then went on to Egyptian accountants and how um, time became uh, 60 seconds to a minute, 60 minutes to an hour and why. It was just absolutely fascinating. And I've never been brilliant at maths, but I understood this. It was done in layman's terms. Uh, the relationship between time and length. Now, here's the thing. If they were building the pyramids and you know how uh, exquisite they are and, and, and just an incredible work of art. Um, in order to, they did it in cubits, which was the equivalent to our yard, a little bit less than a metre. But a cubit would be the actual pharaoh that was in charge at the time's measurement from the tip of his nose to his elbow when his finger was touching his nose. I know, it was as vague as that. Um, and uh, even in Britain, the yard was measured like that as well until a certain point. And the, the point when the change came, and I really recommend that you, you uh, go and I'm sure it'll be repeated this programme, um, the the reason in the world when it all changed and they realised we should all be on the same page in terms of measurements was that there was a huge fire in Baltimore in the States and there was complete chaos because the other uh, fire people from the States came across um, with their engines and the fire hydrants didn't match. They had different attachments, which meant an awful lot of people died and there was an awful lot more damage done because they couldn't... Bucket of water's really not going to uh, cut it, is it, in all that? Um, it was a fantastic show. Um, and you'll guess what... It was something like... Which evening was it? Oh... Sorry, I'm not being very good, am I? Uh, BBC uh, Four this week, anyway, and there are two more in that particular series. I'll remind you. I'll tweet the name. Uh, Glastonbury's on at the moment. And the really nice thing about Glastonbury is you get the big names. I think we've got Dolly tonight, so I'll be sitting there tonight with a big glass of lemonade or cherry juice, and there I'll be watching Dolly Parton. How fantastic will that be? Even if it's in the rain, do you think Dolly will wear 
No, I don't think she will wear Wellingtons. Um, you discover new names at Glastonbury. So there was Blondie doing her thing, but and there was Elbow and all the bands you would expect to be there. Um, but last night I discovered a guy called John Grant, only because I was watching the output from Glastonbury and he did a beautiful song called Where Dreams Go to Die. Uh, John Grant, uh, apparently with the Zars, uh, the band the Zars years ago, but um, I have to say he alone as a solo artist that was a new one on me and i loved it and also uh, from one of the bbc tents there was just a little session from a lady called jess glynn who did a track called right here which i thought was fantastic and i must get on and and download their songs i know that sounds really cool doesn't it i've got a house full of seven inch singles and C- it's cds and i've started downloading just because i haven't got the space <laughs> um i think The saddest thing that's happened this week, and there are some pretty awful things going on in the world, but uh, on my actual birthday, I woke up and I had, now this isn't sad, I had chocolate for breakfast. I felt that was my prerogative. So I was jolly happy about that. And then when I woke up yesterday morning, I discovered that Bobby Womack had died on my birthday. Uh, How inconsiderate of him. And you know I don't mean that. Um, Bobby Womack, only 70 I can't believe that you wouldn't have heard of Bobby Womack. Uh, Royalty of the soul era, uh, just the most incredible voice. Um, Discovered by Sam Cooke years and years and years ago when he was a child and his family were church singers. And when Sam Cooke went back when they were sort of, you know, I think he'd saw them all when they were five, six, seven, went back and looked for them 10 years later, their family said, no, 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 no. It's a sin to sing outside of the church. So there was a big fight and rift that went on within the family. But uh, Bobby Womack and um, his other siblings all went on to amazing recording careers. Um, Bobby Womack also wrote, among so many other songs, It's All Over Now by The Stones. You remember the one that The Stones had a hit with? Bobby recorded it as well. But um, uh, just amazing. And it was only two years ago that Damon Albarn went and searched him out because he loved his voice and produced an album, and I think it was released in 2012, The Bravest Man in the Universe, and that voice is just heavenly. Uh, When someone remains well, their voice, if it's incredible at 20, will be incredible when they're 70, and his was to the end. Um, The first person to introduce me to Bobby Womack was Peter Young, Uh, When I listened to him on Capital Radio years ago, he then went on to work for Jazz FM, which then became Smooth. uh, And he's now back at Jazz FM and does an amazing Saturday afternoon show, which you can only pick up on uh, the Internet or digital radio on Jazz FM London. Uh, It is an amazing show and he dropped everything yesterday uh, and uh, certainly for his first hour played an awful lot of Bobby Womack. uh, An awful being the wrong word. Uh, a really fantastic selection of songs from Bobby Womack. And speaking of Jazz FM, uh, John Osborne, who does their breakfast show, is off tomorrow. And uh, I have uh, the pleasure of getting up really early and uh, doing the six till nine slot. So if you're around six till nine uh, tomorrow morning, I'll be on Jazz FM, which you can get on digital radio. Uh, You just look for Jazz FM on that little search dial um, and select it. And... um, you can find it online as well. I've been a lot of ums, haven't there? But I felt we hadn't spoken for a while and I really should get my act together, uh, certainly today. Anyway, I hope you've had a great week. Don't forget, 
at Lynn Parsons UK. If you'd like to tweet, you can send photos there as well. And to email, it's lynn at lynnparsons.net.